Greetings, adventure, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In this episode today, I'm going to be joined by my co-hosts Derek and Carlos, and we're going to be sharing some aspects that we love about classic EverQuest, discussing our recent gameplay experience in Crushbone, and examining lore on Norath's origin, Crushbone, and Kelethon. So guys, wow, listen, I wasn't expecting the podcast to receive so much love and support from the community. It seems there's a ton of folks out there just like us that remember the glory days of EverQuest. We've already gotten over 525 downloads for our first episode in just under two weeks. So for those of you listening, look, I'm going to be asking for your help here, all right? We want you to help power level our our podcast here to go up to level 50. What I mean is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review or rating, and help us get those 50 first five-star reviews. If we get that within the next two weeks, look, I'm going to talk to Derek and Carlos here, and we might start considering putting out weekly episodes because we're going to see there's a big interest there. So don't forget to tell your friends about our EQ podcast as well. With that, let's dive in and discuss one thing we each love about Classic EverQuest. And if you're listening at home or in the car, I want you to pick one thing that you loved about Classic EverQuest and see if it matches any of our picks. So Derek, with that, take us away. All right. Uh, So one of my classic things that i loved was the challenge of traveling across norath i love the challenge of traveling from one place to another norath because it felt rewarding when you finally reached your destination you had to rely on wizards druids and boats to reach many places unlike today the pvp servers made this even more difficult the wizard or the druid who you were going to pay for travel could just kill you on the spot and take your money or they could also Take your money, transport you to another <laughs> continent, then immediately kill you before you had a chance to bind yourself, which was a classic. Man, that's tough. Yeah, but for those that decided to take the boat route, I remember people having to hide while awaiting arrival of the boat in order to avoid peepers-peak confrontations. And if I remember correctly, I think you were originally allowed to kill each other on the boats in the original peepers-peak servers. So let's say the boat ride takes 30 minutes to get from one place to another, and you kill another player in the middle of the journey then they need to go back to the boat dock, wait there while sitting like a, a duck waiting for the boat to come back around again, hoping no one kills them, and then go back to try to find their corpse. I can't remember if the corpse would stay on the boat or sink to the bottom of the ocean, but I do remember having to retrieve a corpse of mine from the ocean before, which took uh, many hours. Yeah, this is hardcore stuff, man. I remember... Uh, you know, one of the things about being an enchanter on my first uh, gnome enchanter back in the day was when I would go to the docks, I would use minor illusion and I would turn to like a little <laughs> crate or something and uh, just hang out, hang out by the boats because you know it's going down if, if you're caught there. And then when people come by, you can like nuke them with their spells as they're waiting. And holy crap, yeah, forget awesome. it. Yeah, if you got on the boat, man, um, you know, if you died, your corpse would fall to the bottom of the ocean and it could be lost forever. And and I remember. You know, having your guy, Derek, Baker Man, player killer, eventually getting on a boat with that guy, just staring at you. Holy crap. Yeah, it was a it was a great, great time. You know, now you have you don't lose your corpse. So it was one thing I've recognized while we're playing now. You you always keep your corpse on you. There's no more yeah. corpse runs like there used to be. I think that takes a lot. Yeah, it's a shame. <clears throat> That's why I see you guys keep talking about these horrible PvP stories and See, my first character was a druid, and I loved actually using that that the circles because of the fact that it's it's a good money maker back in the day, and I just can't see how you guys can handle all that that brutal, you know, untrustworthy. You can't really trust this guy that you just met. I just couldn't handle it. I really couldn't. 
Yeah, man, Druids and, and Wizards are like hot pickings because you know they're loaded up with plat from all the tips they got. So it's like a it's like a payday when you see one of those porting in the zone. You yeah. just kill them, take all their plat. Oh, but going boy. going with what Derek said, I, I definitely agree with you, Derek. I I know that some people might find it tedious having to walk around for so long for a destination, but I think it forces you to explore new like new zones and appreciate like the different like landscapes you can find around the world. And I don't know if some of you do this, but it's kind of what you do in real life now that we're older. You you know, if you drive around neighborhoods during Christmas time and you really appreciate the effort that some people put through uh, the decoration of their houses. Um, and it kind of ties into the thing that I appreciate about the game. Personally, I love immersion when I play EverQuest. And I have to say that this was the very first time that I really lost track of time. You know, when, when you look up from playing EQ and you realize that you just play for five hours, that was intense. That, that never happened to me before. And I also really find the combat unique. You know, it's definitely slower than a lot of the games that you see nowadays. After battles, it really takes a bit to recover to full health and mana. And during this downtime, it, it's quite natural for you to start a conversation with strangers and you might have group with. And these chats, I think they, they can create long-lasting friendships, and they can even evolve to real-life friends. And I was fortunate enough to have a couple of instances where I made really good friends through EQ. So it's very rewarding. And <laughs> this, the next point that I, I, I think can be a little bit controversial, but the fact that there's no mini-map and the original maps were pretty much virtually non-existent, it really added to that immersion, right? Like you had to rely on landmarks to guide you. And entering a new zone, not knowing a thing about the layout was really nerve-wracking for me. And, you know, that sense of dread when you had a few ads, when fighting mobs, and you suddenly, you know, find yourself lost and frantically look for an exit or try to retrace your step back to the zone line. That, for me, was intense, but extremely rewarding from, like, the original EQ. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I see that, you know, obviously you and Derek share a lot of similarities where you like kind of that hardcore type play, not necessarily the PvP, but just the aspect of, you know, your corpse runs and things you had to do when you died. You had to, you know, you start off with nothing. You have to go find your corpse, uh, the long downtime between camps. And I, I, you know, looking back, I don't know. I, I think that I kind of prefer <laughs> how it is now. Like I die, I start with all my stuff. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's a little bit easier, but you know, I'm, I don't have the time I used to have to like dedicate to that. Um, I will say though, Talking to people was a very cool aspect that uh, I missed. And I think today on Eridune, where we're, when we've been playing, there seems to be a healthy right. population. I don't know about the other servers for like newbie zones, but I think on the time lock progression, I do like the fact that this one has only been around, I believe, uh, since May of 2020. And so being that it's new and they unlock the expansions every three months, there's a there's a robust healthy population and a robust like newbie population as well. And there's a lot of people coming back the game you know um ourselves we're coming back there's uh, there's other people that i've seen in the game themselves coming back as well so yeah, i think it's agreed. pretty cool yeah i guess i agree i agree a little with both of you i agree with anthony that you know today now we all have careers and and some of us have children and we got a lot of extra things to do on our plate and playing everquest the way it used to be is extremely time consuming so today it's i agree that's a, definitely a better part for us moving forward that we do have those advantages but i also agree with carlos that that's what to me that's what made the game great is you go into a zone you've never been to before and you ask people how do you get from here to here and they're like well you follow the the left wall right and uh when you make a right hand <laughs> turn you look for 
you know, the outpost and, and then you go forward 500 feet and then this is how you get to where you're supposed to go. And in places like, let's say, the West Karanas, when you went there and you tried to travel across a huge zone like that, uh, the bad part is if you died and you had no clue about where you were, well, now you have to go find where your corpse is. And that could take hours in and of itself. So there's definitely pros and cons to both. both of those. Did, you, did you ever... Did you ever have to deal with um, accidentally dying on a very, uh, I guess, high level zone, and then having to befriend a rogue or somebody to get your corpse? And <laughs> yeah, that was one of the hardest parts. Is when you're in a zone and you're you're training mobs. Okay, on or <laughs> I didn't say that. You're, you're killing people. <laughs> right? Wow. Well, here here's the funny part. You're, you're doing that, and the entire zone <laughs> is against you, and. And they want you out of the zone. Well, you make a mistake and a mob or somebody kills you in the middle of the zone. Now you're not only you're you're banned from the zone. If you come in back into the zone, you're gonna get killed because you have nothing nothing on you and everyone's for you. Yeah. And you know, I talking about the maps, like the no money map part, what I loved as a kid was like going on to Alakazam, I think was the website, and looking up like those hand-drawn maps of each zone. They were like kind of like look like someone made them with colored pencils or something. And and just looking at those for reference. I don't know who that person is though, but we owe a debt of gratitude to this person because it's like the same style. Somebody went there and like made these maps of every zone and they're not credited anywhere that I know of. If anybody knows who that person is, look, we need a shout out to them because they've done a huge favor uh for all of us, you know, uh, and their hard work. And and I'll take uh the next one here. So what I love is like the old MIDI. EverQuest soundtrack, like the the sound and music from the original zones. You know, they bring me when I listen to them on Spotify now. They're out there, everybody. If you're listening, they had like the 20th anniversary, and they put them out. Uh, the whole soundtrack, you can go on Spotify and and you can even buy it as a vinyl. It's pretty cool. So they have all the original songs. Uh, my favorite songs were like the Halfling Habit songs. That's like the Rivervale uh, song, and you go in there and they have a the little Halfling, you know, very cheery chipper song, and then Sunrise Over Kinos. That was really cool, very classic. And then, of course, the theme. So, like, the music that I've heard uh, in some of the newer zones while we've been playing don't, doesn't hold a candle to it. So, like, what do you guys think? Yeah, my favorite song used to be the Steamfont Mountains because we had so many known characters and a lot of memories there. The song stuck with you. But uh, in the later expansions, they changed the song completely. And now I think it's actually one of my <laughs> least favorite. But uh, who knows? Maybe it'll grow on me <laughs> over time. If I had to choose a favorite song, um, hands down, it has to be uh, Rivervale. I mean, come on. No other theme comes even close. Uh, that, that polka style music, you know, it just really wants to, you know, to put your big hairy feet up and sip a day away with a nice cold beer. <laughs> no, not that one. Okay, wrong. <laughs> wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> well hey look let's talk about our group update here so we uh at the time of Crushbone, we made it to about level 10 we spent the last two weeks hunting in Crushbone, and this zone's like notorious for trains and and newbie death uh so nerf and perf oh poor nerf and perf was mobbed by a bunch of orc legionnaires so he's you know he was at first he's starting he's feeling good you know i'm going in there with my enchanter stuff but i'm kind of like rusty i haven't played in like you know yeah. 15 years and, you know, I pulled too many mobs and then boom, I'm just getting overran. But luckily, I've um, gotten better at crowd control, like messing the, the mobs and, 
you know, making sure their magic resistance is down and controlling them. Uh, so that hasn't been a, too big of an issue uh, the last time we went there. And I uh, got my illusions for my enchanter now. So now I can look like a dark elf. I can look like a human, you know, Nerf and Perf <laughs> starting to get his groove on, feeling a little bit better about himself, you know, with these illusions. But I think it's like a shallow feeling. It still feels empty inside. Got to find that love in Nerf and Perf. And just want to go back and talk a quick overview of the zone crush bone for everybody to kind of remember. So there were some main locations there, right? We had the slave yep. cabin in the caves, uh, the slave pits, trainer Hill. Remember guys, we went up there and like all those orcs were on top of that Hill. We had to like fight them. And one of them's yeah, a trainer. Yeah. I think he had a shield or something. It's pretty good. Then we had the castle crush where the ambassador Devin, the dark elf guys hanging out, uh, the prophet and then emperor crush himself. You could kind of see them from the throne room and i believe last time we were there guys uh there was what there's a guy power leveling in there right he's like yeah killing everything in there just with his yeah like, it, it's pretty people. neat yeah that you can actually and, see it from from the the trainer yeah. hill you can actually see them into the throne room like you were saying that is pretty neat yeah, yeah. you want to like try to <laughs> snipe them or something get the whole train a whole train to zone coming out of there and uh lastly we'll talk about the orc the, the mobs there's different types of orcs there so you have the orcs and torions the pawns the slavers legionnaires and the oracle so seeing all that kind of was neat to kind of go back there and that zone is still in its original uh stasis because some of the zones have been reworked into like newer graphics but this zone has stayed the same so if you go back you'll be able to do that all right tinkle wings what do you got <laughs> wolf uh tickle wings uh unfortunately got deleted by that train of orcs uh i gotta say our polar really got overconfident and uh trained a little too many orcs in that group <laughs> hey man i told you run and you tried to be a hero no. i said run to the zone. There, there, there's a there's a spell that clerics that, that makes you uh uh pretty much immune and uh unfortunately i, I couldn't cast it because tickle wings really had no choice but to lay down on the ground and, and take it like a champ um but uh I, I wanted to point out that we we grouped with a with a very unlikely fella when we we're in crushbone uh this was the first time we actually got to meet the troll race uh, we we uh, grouped with a troll shaman by the name of uh, Slimeface. So that was pretty neat. That was our first encounter with that race. Uh, another thing that happened that <laughs> really threw the honor code out the window was uh, Winklebone, our other group member, uh, decided to uh, rake the, the loot looting system that we have. Me, me, myself, I'm not too familiar with the master looter. So this was the very first time that we actually got to encounter or experience it. And after a few drops, we were noticing that all the loot was going to Winklebone. And we're like, wait, how is it that he's only rolling? And then we come to find out he's actually using the always need function while everybody else, us chumps, were using the greed. So, you know, now since that happened, everybody's putting always need on every item. So there goes that. Let's, yeah. let's, let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. The, the new looting system. Uh, it's it's new to EverQuest. Uh, for those of you who never haven't played in the last few years, this will be new. So it's a way to kind of streamline looting. So every time you kill a monster, uh, the loot pops up in this box. And you could put if you if you always need it, if you never need it, uh, or if it's greedy. Like if you want it, you'll sell it at the vendor kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of what uh, Winklebone did. He started putting need for everything. So I'm putting like, you know, greed. I don't need you know, this, this shoes or whatever. And, uh, you know, if I get it great, but, and you roll for it, if it comes to that, like if multiple people have always greed, they roll and it automatically does the rolling and right. the highest person wins it. Uh, but yeah, if you put always need, you get priority. So those greed people don't even get to roll. So yeah, we have, <laughs> so we have covered some cheating going on. 
I think we noticed it when he said he had to go. Uh, it was time for him to go back to town and, and sell a couple of things, and all of us had empty bags. We're like, wait a second. I'm overcome. Yeah, he was like the first session. He's like, I got to load up. I got, I got to load up on bags, guys. I got to get packed. He's talking about bags, man. I got nothing, you know? He's like, oh, I got eight bags full of stuff. Like, wow, this guy's cheating. And, uh, yeah. Well, another thing that I wanted to point out is gnome phobia. That, that is real in EQ. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Uh, our sorry group was literally the, the butt of all the jokes every time we went to a zone. Uh, folks that were always asking us where our parents were. And I still remember there was one, poor, we, one time we were all metting in um, Dagnar's Cauldron. And this dark elf just stops and just starts typing, you know, it says, hey, you guys look like you should stand on top of each other and on the trench coat and just get into the movie theater. You remember that? <laughs> Nerf and perf, no like. That's why I wear human skin. I don't know what it is. They think we're kind of funny, I guess. I mean, we, now we are like this group of gnomes. So there's about uh, five of us. So, uh, you know, even though we have some people that are not on the podcast with us, they play every right. week with us. Um, so we have about a group of five every time we play and they're all gnomes, different classes. And so there's no gnomes, you know, <laughs> running through together. So it's kind of neat. I think it's kind of funny. Everybody's like kind of caught off guard. Like what the heck? Tiny little no. children just running around the zone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got to give Anthony credit. You know, he did mention that there was a train coming to the zone, <laughs> no. Carlos. The only problem is, is that oh, okay. Like that. <laughs> uh, yes, that's a time date. Time right? date perfectly. Evernerd, what about you, man? What you got? Evernerd's frontline experiences truly shine these past two weeks, as he has yet to fall at the hands of the Crushbone Oryx. To him, revisiting Crushbone brings back the youth in him. He has slayed thousands of orcs before, but he hopes they haven't taken it personally, because to Evernerd, it's just business. On his leisure time, he has chosen to revisit and explore the cities of Kaladim, Felwith, Akanon and Kelethin. His least favorite city is Kelethin, which is home to the Wood Elves, because everything looks the same and the music is quite so <laughs> I have to disagree to that. <laughs> I, I find I find the the Kelethin music quite soothing. Uh, that harp, it, it's oh it's quite goodness. the melody is just soothing. You just don't appreciate it. <laughs> or sorry, Evernerd. Yeah, soothing, and then you fall off. You fall off the freaking the tree city, and you die. You know, crack, splat, and yeah, open off the top of the city. <laughs> soothing. Music. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think Evernerd is literally Derek here, guys. Um, you know, he he's pretending it's a character. This is a little personal. I hear it. You know, <laughs> just complete opposites. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to. I'm going to show my age here, uh, but. Um, do you know that? Do you remember the theme of the boat ride? Yeah, it's called like the the Sea of Nor- Norath. Norathian Seas, I think, is the name of the song. It's like a little flute and with little drums. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Waterworld a little bit. <laughs> oh my god Waterworld. Has, i mean go what? listen to the theme go listen to the theme of Waterworld. it has the same flutes and the drums like kind of in the middle of the theme of, of the, the the song if you, if you ever listen to the soundtrack <laughs> first off why am i gonna waste my time watching Waterworld? all right <laughs> it's so fitting it's so fitting you're you're in the middle of the ocean the ocean is huge you remember it was like a 15 minute boat right and you're out in the middle of the ocean it just for me it just hit home with water world <laughs> Have the viewers or the listeners go and compare those two. 
Don't, don't, listen, don't watch Waterworld. <laughs> the most underrated uh, movie of the 90s. <laughs> It wasn't there a part two Waterworld? It was like a oh, gosh. movie. That... <laughs> yeah, make sure you guys watch yeah. that one first. <laughs> oh, well, this uh, got some time for lore here. So, uh, Derek, you want to lead us off in the lore section? What do we got today? Yeah, okay. I got some, took some notes. I did some research online. Uh, the two good websites I found is uh, Lore of Noraf, and then you got the EQ Alakazam website. So I want to brief our listeners on how the world of Noraf came to be in the first place, because I think many of us who have played the game have just focused on leveling our characters and have missed the lore behind it all. Before I get into the story, though, there are two things everyone should know about EQ lore. The first thing I found is that Sony has stated that all of its EverQuest games are set in alternate realities, and the lore may conflict with each other on some points. The lore we will be speaking about here is directly associated with the original EverQuest game that we're playing now. Number two, in-game lore, also known as canon lore, is also known to contradict itself on some occasions. Sony's excuse for this is that the lore has been written by fallible in-game characters who do not have complete knowledge regarding the truth of things. But rumor has it that as the game required more expansions, the developers had to manipulate some parts of the story in order to make it fit with the new lore. Now I'm going to summarize the origin story that was written by Sony Entertainment and obtained from the EQ Alakazam website. Okay, first, I need everyone to get tucked into their beds, pull the covers up over their shoulders. What's going on right now? Don't don't mess with Close their eyes and open their ears. In the beginning... (laughs) God okay. created the heavens and the earth. That's the wrong notes here. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, there was an immaterial entity known as the Nameless, living within a timeless and spaceless void of nothingness. While moving through this void, the Nameless eventually stumbled upon a pocket of space and time. He then released the space and time contained within this pocket which allowed it to expand and fill the empty void, creating what is known as the EverQuest universe. During this expansion of space, forces of matter began to collide with one another, creating planets and stars. In order to bring order to this chaos of collisions, the Nameless gathered four equal portions of existing matter to create what are known as the Four Gods of Power. The first god of power, known as Wrath, divided itself into twelve beings known as the Council of Wrath and created Earth, which is also known as Norath. The second god of power, known as Fenin Ro, set fire upon the stars to shed light and warmth to the universe. The third god of power, known as Water, was thereafter split into three separate entities, which were Terumar, which represents water, E.C., which represents ice, and Povar, which represents steam. The fourth god of power, known as Zegany, set all matter in its proper place by using air to create space between things. The Nameless liked his creation, but was sad because his creation was unable to contain him within itself, meaning he could not experience it firsthand. So he commanded the four gods of power to create mortal beings so that he could experience Norath vicariously through them. Before creating the mortals, the four gods of power recognized that order in the universe would be best maintained by a combination of a destructive force, a creative force, and a balancing force. So they created approximately 17 gods of influence to maintain these forces for them. These 17 gods were each assigned a moral alignment 
which was either evil, good, or neutral. Uh, can any of you guys guess the names of at least one of these gods? I'm going to go with Kazik uh, Thule. Yep, that's one of them. Good job. I'll go with uh, Inaruk. Inaruk is another. Yep. All right, that's my portion of the story. I There's a lot of, uh, you know, as, as someone who studied some theology, there's a lot of uh, holes <laughs> in this story, I got to say. They should have hired somebody <laughs> to uh, glance it over. So, for example, okay. we get the the Reverend of Lorath Nor or Norath Lor over here. There we go. Come on, Evernerd, lay it out on us. Oh man! All right, give me one sec. You know, while uh, Derek here is consulting his notes and his tome of lore, I'll, I'll just say this: you know, if any of our EverQuest listeners out there were like me and and heard just some. ASMR lore, it seemed as Derek was laying down on us, uh, relaxing. I almost, you know, had like the whole stress of the week fall off. If you've crashed your car, I apologize, you know, if it just kind of overtook you. All right, Derek, what you got? Yeah, so here's some questions that came to mind as I was reading this story, okay? So we got, first is, how does something like the nameless move around if there's no space to move around in? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> number two that's deep go ahead that's what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah, exactly. number two what what created this pocket of space and time if the nameless didn't create it himself shouldn't there be another entity that existed it's a glitch maybe it's somebody with a name it's in the matrix it's the nameless then you have the named number three how can a finite amount of space which was in the pocket expand to cover an infinite void and number four man i'm just here to <laughs> <laughs> all right fourth and final <laughs> if the void is nothingness then how can nothing be filled with something if there is no space to fill what is going on why don't why don't you guys get back to me on those the questions? The bubble, hey. man. The bubble. All right, listeners. <laughs> the if, bubble. If you have anything, uh, any any insights on those questions, you know, hit us up on Twitter at return to EQ. That's the number two, and uh, yeah, see what we see what you got, Carlos. What you got? Hopefully, you got any philosophy we're laying down here. This is some, some Socrates of EverQuest. <laughs> uh, no, no, this is this this podcast took a hard left turn. I guess EQ philosophy one hundred and one now. So thanks, Derek. <laughs> but now I just uh, wanted to preface that, as always, uh, we consider ourselves casual players, and we try to find information on different sources and locations uh, about the history of EQ. So there are bound to be mistakes. So if you if you have further info or you see that we need a correction, just let us know, and that way we can learn more about the history of EQ together. And uh, for for this episode, I really wanted to touch a little bit on the two zones that we spend our gaming session on. That being mainly Crushbone and a bit on Kalathin. And the first one, Crushbone, pretty much is a stronghold that takes its name from an orc clan. And it was founded by the biggest group of enslaved orcs freed after the betrayal of Dagnor. You remember we touched a little bit about it last episode. Unfortunately, I couldn't really find much information on Dagnor himself. So if anybody knows anything about him, just uh, give us a shout. I'm really interested to find out more about him and what the betrayal was all about. But before we continue, I I wanted to give you guys a, a little pop quiz. Just a couple of questions. Ready? Shoot. Go ahead. I'm ready. Who was the leader of the clan that led the orcs to Greater Fate Arc? It's not Crush, obviously, because he's it's his descendant. Yeah. So uh, his name was Garrow. 
And I think last last episode I butchered his name. I said Gareth, but uh, Geralt was responsible, yeah, for the start of the continued battles between the elves and the orcs. Mm. And uh, this was because Geralt saw the elves as a race that was stealing the land from them in Greater Fadark. Question number two: Do you know what? Hey, that's not a player character. Geralt? Game, is it? Is it? No, no, he's a, he's lower. He's yeah. long gone. Um, but question number two: Do you know what Kelethin stands for? I'll give you a clue. It's elvish. <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. Uh, they stand for justice and equality for all. Yeah, yeah. The elves. That'd be good propaganda for them. And I, I'm gonna say, like, uh, I don't know, something in the trees, city in the trees. <laughs> no, <laughs> tree city. It's a uh, walk village, maybe. It's, <laughs> uh, it's Child of Kelly, and uh, Kelly was uh, one of the most respected uh, elf rangers that assembled a team to provide a continued assault on the orcs. And the main reason for this was to distract the orcs while a new city was being built high above the forest floor. And if you go to Greater Fadark now, that's the city of Kelethin that you see up in the trees. And contrary to uh, some uh, opinion in this uh, in, that my friends have, I think that Kelethin is one of the most unique and beautiful cities that we find in EverQuest today. So, haters. Goodness. <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. story, though. And there, there was a major event that happened uh, known as the Great Burning during the battles. And I found a nice passage from the beta lore for EQ that really helps to paint a picture as to how brutal these orc-elven battles were. I'm not going to be as amazing as uh, Derek was, but if you guys don't mind, just uh, put on your imagination caps while I read this for you. Get, get your get your cups of coffee ready, folks. There you go. A little, little cup of coffee. Get your blanket on. And... Let's begin. So most of the orcs leading the first attack were killed, and the rest were turned quickly away. Angry at this new defeat and jealous of the elven strength, Geralt started to plot a new system of attack. He understood that most of his soldiers had been slaughtered from elves high in the treetops, who would rain showers of arrows down on his forces. So for the second attack, Geralt put his orcs into a long line of attackers, gave each soldier his own makeshift torch, and then ordered the entire host to run into the borders of the Greater Fadark and burn whatever they could touch. The Crushbone Orcs set fire from everything to the tops of the trees to the grasses on the forest path. Nothing but ash was left in their wake. The elven archers high in the trees were burned to death, and the remaining elven soldiers, horrified and shocked at the tactics of their strange enemy, began to make a hasty retreat. The wood elves would later call the incident the Great Burning. Geralt, seeing how effective his new methods were, gathered his clan into many small camps around Greater Fadark and ordered the construction of hundreds of torches for a second assault. The Lord of Calathan, desperate for help, sent word of his plight to the heart of the Empire. Felwith. Scene. So... Yeah, after the second attack, the Wood Elves received the help they desperately needed to drive back the orcs. And yeah, and from the second wow. so from the same source, they actually mentioned that Geralt was later killed after the retreat by his own followers. So <laughs> pretty brutal. Oh man, I, that's uh intense. I kind of like this guy because, you know, as an army strategist myself, he seems pretty smart. I mean, burning down the entire force, that's pretty he, he seems, you know, like Sherman's Total March War. back in the day, yeah. you know, just lighting up. Total War, burning everything to the ground. Wow, that's a cool story. I did not know that. I respect yeah, those orcs. <laughs> yeah. I, res I, res I have respect for them now. Well, you know, you know, one thing I noticed, Carlos, is you got the, the Crushbone orcs. And then I think yesterday in the in the East Commons, I saw a Death Fist orcs. So I'm assuming it's a separate clan that maybe we could. That's correct. Good eye. 
And um, so anything else, anything else on that for us, Carlos, or uh... Uh, no, no, but I, I wanted to point out uh, that Squigs on over on Twitter, he posted uh, and I quote, you forgot the high elves living in Fadewar. Don't blame you guys. They're stuck up. And uh, that is true. So thanks for the heads up, Squigs. Uh, and to touch on that, yes, the elves, uh, the high elves originally hailed from Antonica until their empire was, dis- was destroyed by Solosek Row long ago which is obviously one of those 17 other things that Derek actually mentioned. And that's another thing that we definitely got to touch at a later date. But it forced the remaining elf refugees to flee across the Ocean of Tears to build up their new city, which was obviously fell with. And you can also find that in Greater Fate Arc. And uh, as Quiggs mentioned, they are quite stuck up. Uh, you know, the high elves are known to be as, you know, are seen as arrogant and they see no race equal or better than them. And I believe the the ocean of tears is named after that exodus. Is that correct? Like when the elves came over? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, uh, Anthony. There's two main uh, things that 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 or two sources of how the origin of that name. So, like you said, yeah, the the, the first one was that it was named after that exodus, uh, being the tears of Tunara herself for her children. And honestly, that's my favorite one. My favorite, my favorite, I guess, why it's called Ocean of Tears. But you can also find that some people or some sources say that the ocean is called that because it's dotted with islands that you know resemble teardrops. So that's the other kind of belief. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay, I like the first one. I like the first one. We'll agree with the first one. Yeah. And so, well, with that, everybody, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I want to ask you again to help power level this podcast to level 50. Let's get those reviews and those ratings uh, on iTunes or the respective podcast provider that you listen to us on. And thanks again so much for being a part of this journey. You can find us on Twitter at return to EQ. That's the number two. And hit us up with any memories that you have, your favorite memory, your favorite songs, answering any of the questions we asked here tonight, providing some lore. And next time, we're going to be talking about our adventures in Unrest and Befallen. Until then, take care, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Later. Bye. Bye.